0: Okay, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's your Uncle Jimmy again with another episode of Greased Wheels, a podcast for technicians only. Coming to you live from the Rock and Roll Garage. All right, this version of the podcast is going to be about parts guys. And not parts so much, but the parts guys. And I say guys, you might have a parts girl. Uh, We'll just lump them all together and call them guys. They... Call each other guys, so there you go. Uh, one of the things I want to tell you, before I get started, I wanted to tell you is, uh, I. this is a subject that's kind of near to my heart, because I spent uh, the first probably 18 years of my occupational life as a parts guy in various locations, either in uh, national auto parts chains or in dealerships. Uh, I was a parts guy, okay, and then one day I listened to Darth Vader and crossed over to the dark side and have been a technician ever since, and part of my metamorphosis, if you will, has was because of the uh, sheer idiocy of some of the technicians that I had to deal with made me realize that I was wasting my time as a parts guy. But let's dive into your parts guy and your relationship with your parts guy and what being a parts guy means and why we don't really seem to like them in many cases. Um, Now, the first thing I want to tell you about a parts guy is that a lot of times they have you know, pretty good personality and they show up to work and they want to do the job, but they get gutted by management when it comes to pay because there's no manager in the world who thinks that anybody in the building is as important as they are. Maybe there's a couple. I've got to meet them. But one of the things that you find is that management and people who run dealerships and auto parts stores and that sort of thing, they don't feel like They need to pay someone who deals with the parts end of the business very much money. These are some poorly paid motherfuckers. Let me tell you, seriously, I was a parts manager and I was making just a barely livable wage. So I know from experience, parts guys don't make shit. And that's because the people who hire them believe and I, I think some of them honestly believe this, that they could hire a monkey to do that job. And if they could, they probably would because they're that kind of fucking assholes. So the next time you have to deal with your parts guy and he's not telling you what you want to hear, he's not doing what you want him to do, just remember this guy is getting paid jackpoint shit to sit there and listen to you complain, okay? That's probably 95% of the problem with parts guys. They just are not financially motivated to get you the fucking parts you need. And it's really not their fault. Sure, they could come in and give you an honest day's work, but they're not really honestly even getting an honest day's pay. So they come in, they phone it in, you get what you need sometimes. Sometimes you don't get shit, and they don't give a fuck. And that's it, basically. Because seriously, they don't care. Why should they? They're not fixing the car and you're not fixing their car, so they're detached from the whole situation. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't good parts guys out there. Some of them are paid a respectable wage, uh, but I want to say, honestly, that is not something that is very common at all. They really, they just don't get paid. But there's good guys out there. There's bad guys out there. And there's, well, there's ugly, good to bad, the good to bad and the ugly. There's some ugly guys out there. I think that's one of the things about being a parts guy is that you have to be ugly. Because <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> or at least I was. I still was. So. But what is it that makes a good parts guy a good parts guy? is somebody who knows A, what they have, and then B, when you tell them what you want, they know they have it, they can go get it, they can give it to you, and bill it out that's all they got to do it's not that hard really even though they're barely being paid they still should be able to pull that off without too much trouble where we run into as technicians where we run into trouble with parts guys is when we give them no information and we expect them to figure out what we want but we don't want to communicate with them what it is we need that's a huge that's a bigger fucking problem than you'll ever know. Uh, And and some of the auto parts stores I used to work in, it was a really big problem. People would come in and they, they had no idea what they needed. There was nobody there where their car is going, yeah, that's called a master cylinder and it's leaking and you need one. They don't know what it's called. So they come into the parts store. They want to buy it, which is scary as fuck, too, because this guy could be behind me at a stoplight, and he put the master cylinder in himself, and he didn't know that he had to bleed it or even how to bleed it. And so he's coming up behind you about 70 miles an hour, and he steps on the brakes, and the brakes say, "Uh uh-uh, Charlie... The only way you're going to stop is by smashing into that guy in front of you. I can't even tell you the sheer amount of people I dealt with working in auto parts stores that had zero clue what they needed, what they had, why they needed it, what they were going to do with it after they bought it. And a lot of times they would just mangle it, put fingerprints all over it, ruin the packaging, and then bring it back and give me some horseshit story about why they don't need it now. That was probably the worst part of that job. I got a pretty good discount on parts and I knew what I needed. So there we go. And that's uh, actually a a good tip for you guys. If you're a mechanic and you're even a halfway decent mechanic, I would think that if you're fixing a car and you find what's wrong with it, you have diagnosed it, you know what's wrong with it. You are familiar, you know what it is you need to fix that car, okay? Now it's up to you to somehow or another communicate with the parts guy what it is you need. Here's the point that I wanna make, I wanted to burn it into your your brains is, you need to be responsible for what you need, you. The technician you can't expect a parts guy to be responsible for what you need even if you tell him exactly what you need you have to make sure he gets what you need okay if you can and in many cases you can do this find out what the part number of the part is that you need Nothing in the world makes their job any easier than that. If you go in and you tell the guy you need a part and you give him the part number for it and then he fucks it up, yeah, you've got all the right in the world to reach over the counter and choke the shit out of him, okay? Because he should be able to get it right right from there, okay? But if you go in there, and, and I've seen this more than I There's just not enough numbers in the world to count how many times I've seen this. I've had technicians go into the parts room and say, oh, I need uh, struts for this car and I need everything that goes with them. And then they walk out the door. Okay, so now suddenly you have put the onus on the parts guy to figure out what struts you need and everything that goes with them. I've had this discussion with technicians before. I said, you need to exactly point out And tell the parts guy, what the fuck you want? Because if you say to me, I want struts and everything that goes with them, I'm going to give you an emblem for the car. And when you say to me, what's this? I don't need this. I go, that's actually part of fucking everything. Okay? Everything. You said i want everything this is part of everything so don't be a jerk off okay be responsible for what you need and you can get along with your parts department a lot easier okay because honestly you know the parts guys show up in their own car and they leave in their own car and if other people don't get their cars fixed they don't give a fuck. why should they they're trying to sell parts but if they're one of these miserable little $9 an hour parts guys and they do or don't sell you a part, what the fuck do they care? They're going to get nine goddamn dollars an hour and nothing more. And if you get a thousand dollars worth of parts or you don't get a thousand dollars worth of parts, no skin off their ass. They don't give a fuck. Why should they? Really, really why should? So Where were we? We were talking about being responsible for what you need. What I used to do, and it took me a bit of time, but it worked out really well for me. I had a site that I was able to go to and look up the parts I needed for the cars I was working on and get the part numbers, and I would write them down all on a piece of paper. Everything I needed, everything I needed. I wrote the part number down, how many I needed, and give it to the parts guy. And he would just order them. And if he didn't have them all, he'd call me up and say, I don't have the nuts for these bolts that you need to do this job. And I'd be like, fine, give me everything you got, bill me for that stuff, and give it to me later when it comes in, and I'll just reuse the hardware. Um, Because the, the, the brand of cars that I work on, they recommend very highly replacing all of the fasteners all of the time, with whatever parts are going into the car. So that's my approach. Now I'm a very thorough person. I don't. I uh, I spend a lot of time making sure I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get what I need, and I don't like to fuck around. You know, I don't like to put it in the hands of some guy who's making fifty cents over minimum wage and doesn't give a shit. And so because of that. I actually get along with my parts guys very, very well, and I love them because I give them the part numbers, and they get them for me, and if they don't have them, they say, we don't have that. That's it. That's all I want from them. You know, if they've got it on the shelf, and they've, you know, they punched up in their computer and they know right where it is on a shelf and they go get it and they give it to me and they put it on the RO and it gets paid for and I put it in the car and it fixes it and the car leaves and the customer's happy I'm happy my boss is happy the parts guys are well they're probably not happy but they're not any less happy than they were before anyway so j- just remember these these guys are there to help you but they're not paid well enough to help you very well so and it's it's terrible I've I've had some parts guys who did an extraordinary job. I had one individual who was probably one of the more miserable people I've ever met in my life, but he was a nice guy. And I, you know, you could tell he was, but when he was at work, he was miserable, but he did his job perfectly. And I want to say perfectly on purpose because he never gave me the wrong parts Ever. One time I got a part that was wrong because it was misboxed. The part in the box was wrong, but the number on the box was right. And that wasn't his fucking fault. So kudos to that guy. He did a good job and and he'd been getting screwed by the people who pay him. So I understood why he was uh, not the happiest camper all the time. I've also had to work with parts guys who just hand you something to get you to leave their fucking parts area. You know, get out of here. <laughs> go, get out of here. Get away from me. <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, you work with somebody long enough. Uh, if somebody's worked in parts long enough, they know not only where everything is. After a while, they learn the part numbers. They learn what cars they fit, what cars they don't fit. Um, they can sometimes just go pick it up off the shelf and hand it to you. Uh, Hats off to these guys for hanging around in such a low-paying profession for so long. I worked with some parts guys, too, who were uh, amazingly funny. Uh, I mean, out of control. It was like a comedy show slash parts uh, counter, you know, really. There was a lot of shit going on. I can remember uh, one particular time where a couple of the guys in the parts department were picking on one of the technicians and it was straight up bullying and I shouldn't condone it, but it was so goddamn funny. I nearly peed my pants and uh but that that's not uh it's not a common thing typically. It's typically your parts guys are miserable bastards, so if they're fun and funny, it's just a bonus. Then there, of course, there's the other side of the coin where you have a parts guy who's just and and he's 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 miserable because he doesn't get paid a lot, and then he fucking takes it out on you like you're the guy who pays him. I've had a couple of parts guys like that. I had one who you you know he's somebody that I knew pretty well. He he would argue with you about everything and there was something going on there there was some reason why he was very uh he was a malcontent he was very upset with the establishment we were working at and uh he eventually left which was probably the best thing for him uh and his health and uh, really the rest of us as well and his replacement came in and he found out that guess what that job sucks one of the other things that used to suck about being a parts guy, and this happened to me, was that if there was any uh, shit job in the in the shop or in the dealership, uh, they expected the parts guy to do it. Um, I can't tell you how many times... The bathroom overflowed at one particular establishment I was working at, and of course, it was the ladies' bathroom, and of course, it backed up to the parts department, and of course, it meant water was rolling into my parts department, which, if you know me and you know what kind of a a semi-undiagnosed OCD-having motherfucker I am, drove me uh, right up a tree, or a wall in this particular case. So uh, I used to have to go in and unplug the toilet and mop it all up and shit. And uh, yeah, that was part of my job as a parts guy. I enjoyed that so much. So that's another thing that parts guys have to deal with. Then, uh, you know, wrestling with tires and dealing with the UPS guy and the FedEx guy. And then in a lot of places, uh, dealerships mostly, parts side Of the company the main company will request that you return the parts that you put that that came off the cars that were replaced under warranty this this is one of the least joyful things on earth is to take a part that is no longer any good and has just completely fucked over by the technician and slammed into a bag or a box or maybe nothing at all, and and you have to figure out what the fuck it was, which car it came off of, and then you have to either box it up and mail it or send it back on the truck so they can get credit for it from the manufacturer that made it. And, uh, it's, it just seems to me like an enormous waste of time. And you, if you've never worked in a dealership like this, like that, uh, you might be surprised at the sheer volume of shit they want sent back to their main headquarters so that they can ram it up the ass of the people who built it in the first place. Yeah. It's a, part of the job that i did not enjoy uh there was one particular dealership i worked at the parts came from a factory that was a roughly three miles up the road from the dealership and uh, i offered many times to drive over there and throw them through the front window because they really they were making shit. and uh but no instead what i had to do is box it up and give it to the fedex guy so the fedex guy could send it to memphis and then the people in memphis could send it back and then get dropped off at the factory which is three fucking miles away from our dealership okay this is something that parts guys have to deal with you can't throw anything away batteries brake rotors brake pads uh, shitty engine parts starters alternators uh christ any, anything that came off the car and the manufacturer's warranty paid for uh so when a parts guy is in a bad mood you can say to yourself geez i get it now or maybe i'm surprised he's not in a worse mood and if you're one of these people who takes stuff and just rips the box open like it's Christmas Day and you're three and a half fucking years old and then the parts guy has to tape that fucking thing back up together and send it back, then you might understand why when you ask him for a favor, he gives you this look like, yeah, kiss my ass, you fuck. I had one guy, he he was, he was supposed to be a great mechanic, but you know what he was? He was a parts changer. And that's another thing that, that drives parts guys wild, is if you go back and go, hey, can I try a blank, I mean one time I went off. I mean I did I went the whole the whole Mount St Helens on the guy. He goes, "Oh, can I have a blower motor? I want to try it." I'm like, "Really? You don't have a fucking test light? You can't tell if something's not working?" Because it's not working or it doesn't have power going to it. I have to lend you one so you can plug it in and see what the fuck is wrong. Get the fuck out of here. Because the problem is, okay, as a parts guy, I have to stock parts, okay, and I'm able to do that without any trouble. And then when somebody wants those parts, I need to go back and take it off the shelf and hand it to them and then they hand me cash, or a credit card or whatever, but they wanna pay for it. Because sometimes people fix their cars themselves. It happens. There's some people out there who aren't idiots. And I can see myself standing at the counter, attempting to sell this blower motor to somebody that this guy tried on a car, and he ripped the box open, and handled and mutilated this blower motor and then decided, oh, you know, it wasn't the blower motor after all. I don't need it. Throw it back in a box, and now it looks like a fucking used piece of shit that got thrown out of a car going 80. And I've got to try to sell it to some guy over the counter. And he says to me, and I would too, I would say the same thing. I said, geez, don't you have one that hasn't been used? So that's why I didn't want to let this fucking moron have a part to try. Because if he hands it back to me, what am I going to do with it, you know? He kicks the shit out of the packaging and then just goes, Oh, it's not what was wrong. Yeah, I know what was wrong. Jesus Christ. Get a test light, a power probe, something. Stupid fuck. Anyway, that's the parts guy and me rambling on. I want to end this podcast because it's just going to get worse if I keep going. Seriously, if you have a parts guy or maybe one or two or three uh, try to take it easy on them. You know they're not paid very well, and uh, if they know a thing or two, thank them for their service. Just let them know that you appreciate them. If you do, if you don't appreciation, if you don't appreciate, let me try that again. If you don't appreciate them, that's fine as well. I mean, some guys are just pieces of crap and they're no good. But these guys are usually working way harder than they should, especially for the coin that they're not making. So. Let's take it easy on, let's be responsible for what we need to fix the car. Uh, let's help them get what we need to fix the car. Let's not expect too much from them, okay? All right, this is your Uncle Jimmy signing off. Let me know how your parts guys are, if they're good, if they're bad, or if they're ugly. I'm pretty sure they're all ugly. Uh, let me know, uh, hit me up with an email or hit me up on facebook let me know how you feel about your parts guy let me know if he's good if he's bad if it's just he or a she even and uh if it is a she let me know if she's cute and if she is cute uh try to enclose a picture you know uh <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm a i'm an old guy i should be past that old having a girlfriend thing but uh, every once in a while i don't know i I like to dream, so, but hit me up with your stories, hit me up with your uh, comments, let me know how you like the podcast, let me know if you hate it, just, uh, you know, hit me right between the eyes if you hate it, Uh, let me have it, okay, but this is your Uncle Jimmy, signing off, saying...